This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. Starry summer night or a snow-covered winter's day. just love this song, Houston. You can let that play a little bit there, producer. This is Ray Stevens, of course. And Ray Stevens was interesting because he had his own variety show in the 70s. And he was kind of a novelty act. He did that song also, The Streak. I don't remember if people remember when streaking was like the thing to do. People would, would streak in the baseball games, the football games. And he had that song, oh, yes, they call it The Streak. Anyways, this is a beautiful song. Everything is beautiful. I love when the children sing it at the very beginning. And we would sing this song at church. Uh, at church and also in my school, my school choir when I was in elementary school, we would sing this song. And so it uh, has always been in my mind. I really love this song. Well, today, Houston is going to be a very interesting episode. And again, this is Gilbert Garcia. You're with a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And of course, we're every Monday from 11 to 11.45. And you can call in anytime if you want to say something. Uh, if, of course, it's on Facebook. I know it's on Facebook, the phone number. I can see it there. 832-570-8075. And of course, you can always write me if you got a song you want to hear or if you want to do something, you can write me at a tip from Gilbert. No caps, no nothing. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. And we are again, of course, at KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus. 1360 AM, of course, and 96.9 FM. Well, I just wanted to say that, um, of course, next Monday is an incredible day. It's the Martin Luther King uh, whole celebration, the Martin Luther King parade, and other activities. And so in uh, respect for that or in honor of that or to prepare, prepare us for that or to get ready for that, and it's kind of like getting ready for Christmas, this holiday, celebrating the love and the joy of Martin Luther King. Uh, I have several of his speeches today that I'm going to play. And so in a minute, we're going to hear the very famous I Have a Dream speech, and I'm going to have it split screen with me on uh, talking and then on the other side, I'm going to have his actual speech from D.C. And it's just gives you the chills, how incredible it is. And then we'll take some calls, of course, and we'll have a prayer in a few minutes. And then we're going to go into that famous mountaintop speech where he was essentially supporting the sanitation workers and gave a speech the night before his assassination. And it's just an incredible speech. And I'm going to play uh, excerpts of it. Uh, the main parts of it, 
and I think you'll understand uh, the significance of that moment and the significance of Dr. King uh, as a saint. I don't know, maybe he knew all this was going to happen. It's just incredible. And then, of course, we're going to have, right after that, a eulogy. It's not quite a eulogy, but it's really a eulogy from Senator Bobby Kennedy when he talked about uh, Dr. King's death and murder, and he talked about it essentially the very next day. And his words are very uh, profound, and they really have a lot of context for today. And I'll highlight some of those words. And then at the end, we'll do our old Tom Clay, the song that had several clips from some of these uh, incredible moments in history. So that's what I have for you here today on a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. But I have my old friend, Pastor Juan Carlos. Pastor Carlos, are you there, Juan Carlos? Yes, sir. I'm here. Pastor, you are talking to Houston, and this is a very different episode because I don't have a guest, Pastor. What I have is some speeches from the great, incredible Martin Luther King. I have an incredible eulogy from Bobby Kennedy, Senator Bobby Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. And I want to begin, though, by saying, if you wouldn't mind, bless us here in Houston because, you know, with COVID still going on, all the things happening, storms, tornadoes, everything. We just need to remember that God is there and God is great. He put air in my lungs this morning and hopefully he'll be with me throughout the day today. So pastor, it's all you, if you wouldn't mind giving us a prayer. Yes, yes, I wouldn't mind. I just would like to remind of what happened in the, in the Bible, in the book of First uh, Samuel chapter seven, the Bible says that um, the people of God put a pause and they put the Ark of the Covenant in a little corner and 20 years passed by, 7,300 days passed and they were crying, God, you don't come out to help us and fight for us. And then they asked for prayer and Samuel prayed. And in one day, compared 7,300 and in one day, God answered because they repented and they see God and they realize what you said. I need God in my life. So we're going to pray that the following 20 years, by the way, happy new year, the following 20 years will be years of remembrance of his glory and his victory for us. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful city of Houston that is listening to us. Thank you for Gilbert. Thank you for his heart his desire to exalt you, to love you, and realize that without you, we can't do nothing. As he just said, this morning I woke up and I had air in my lungs. You are the air of our life. You are the air that we breathe. Therefore, we thank you so much for history. Thank you so much for what we're going to hear. And help us understand of the examples that other people have left in the past so we could apply them. But above all, we want to ask you blessing in all our endeavors in this day, in this new year. Please help us not to waste the following 20 years just going like a chicken without head. Help us to accomplish the goals that you want for us. Help us to accomplish all the things that you have for this beautiful city, that they will know you, that they will love you, and they will exalt and they declare that Houston belongs to God. And our people will love you and ask you daily for your protection, your love, and your tender mercies. I thank you one more time for my brother Gilbert and the desire that you have put in his heart to bless the people of Houston. I bless Houston in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed day, my dear brother. You don't know how much I admire, and I thank you for this opportunity. Pastor Juan Carlos, I'm hugging you on the phone, and you can't see it, but if you're on Facebook right now, you'd see I'm giving you a bear hug because you're click, a click, big, you're click, a big click. bear man. Uh, I but, feel it. I feel it. Click, click, click. <laughs> amen. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor. We're going to move on to the speech now, and, you, and I want to make sure when you hear this speech, ladies and gentlemen, it, it'll give you chills. And what's amazing is it sounds almost like poetry. 
It's not just a speech. When he talks about the great beacon of light, uh, of hope to millions of Negro slaves, when he talked about a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity, when he talked about the table of brotherhood, an oasis of freedom and justice, when he talked about we will be able to transform these dangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. These words are just so incredible, and they just roll out like a song. It's really, really amazing. Oh, I have, a, I have another caller in real quick. Before we go to the uh, Dr. King, I have a dream speech. Go ahead and put that caller through. Do I have a caller there? Do I have a caller there? You're talking to Gilbert. Tip from Gilbert. Did I lose your caller? I may have lost you. Let's go ahead and key up that speech. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racism, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. 
shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and when we when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty. Oh my God, I don't know about you guys, every time I hear that I get the chills. Free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty we are free at last. Do we have a caller in? We have a caller. Caller, you got Gilbert here, you're a tip from Gilbert. Hey, Gilbert, this is Molly Cook. How are you doing? Molly Cook, how are you, Molly? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Did you happen to hear that speech or no? I did. What, let me ask you this, Molly. First of all, what is going on on the campaign trail? And for everyone out there, the most important thing is get registered, go vote, vote early, election day. Give us all the hubbub. Yep, yep, that's It starts on Valentine's Day for the primary. Um, I am proud to say that the Molly for Texas team has been knocking on doors, and it feels great about talking to voters. Well, well, let me ask you this. What do you think is, when you go out, I mean, it's the real deal. So what's the number one issue people say? The, the number one issue in my, my race is we'll talk about that it is wrong for someone to be run for two and it's wrong to be leaving your district in the lurch and at the at the mercy of a special election. So um, that is the unifying theme, no matter what people care about. They recognize that the person representing them needs to be focused on their district. So how is that running for office, the two, two, two offices at the same time? Tell, tell us about that and, and how is that happening? Yeah, so Senator Whitmire, you know, he's been in office for 48 years and um, is sitting on quite a bit of money and announced basically two years ahead of time that he plans to run Houston mayor, which would mean that he would be in a competitive race while he's supposed to be focused on the 88th legislative session and, you know, our voting rights and all of the things that he's promised. Um, and then he plans to leave halfway through. That's incredible. That's incredible. That is incredible. You know, 48 years. Can you imagine 48 years? I can't even remember 48 years ago. I think I was, you know, how old was I? Let me think about that. I was like nine or 10 <laughs> years old. I can't even remember 48 years ago. Uh, 
Well, let it, let me ask you this. So, what does Martin Luther King Jr. mean to you? Luther King Jr. is just a really, really good example of what it means to really, uh, really fight. And um, his, he recognized that was all of our fight and was a movement person. And I really value his example for that, um, that, you know, we're all, we're all connected. And so the, you know, the threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It's, it's so true. No matter what group you belong to or what state you live in, I think his legacy really rings true, rings true for all of us. Well, Molly, I sure appreciate you calling in as always. And you're welcome to call anytime. I know you're, you're, um, hitting the streets hard. Is there anything you want to say to Houston before we sign off? Uh, you can follow us at, at Molly for Texas across social social media or find out more at mollyfortexas.com. And um, we'd be excited for you to join us and be a part of something different. Molly, thank you very much for calling in. Again, that's Molly Cook. I mean, you know, sometimes you just become known as one word, like Madonna, you know, like Sting. <laughs> well, there's Molly. Molly's just known as Molly because that's the way she rolls. All right. Thank you, Molly, for calling in. We're now going to go to another great speech unless we have a caller there. Do we have another caller there? I think we might. Before I go to that speech, go ahead. Do we have another caller? All right. Send it through. We have a caller. Uh, is there a Matt on the line? Was there a Matt on the line? Could there be a Matt on the line? All right. Well, I'm sure he'll call back. Let's go ahead and jump to the next speech. This next speech, of course, is probably the one that gets me the most. It's called The Mountaintop. And it was when Martin Luther King was there to support the sanitation workers. And it's a very long speech where he talks about, you know, sanitation workers and their rights and near the end, he starts talking about where he was stabbed by a woman who came up to him at a speech and said, are you Martin Luther King? And then she stabbed him and came so close to ending his life just within a stone's throw, not even a stone, so an inch from his main vein. And I don't want to act like I'm a doctor, but the main vein. And he talks about that. And that's the clip we're going to start going into right now. It's about five or six minutes long. Producer, uh, let's hit it. And ladies and gentlemen, you are gonna be in for a treat. This is Dr. King's mountaintop the night before he was assassinated. Let us rise up tonight with a greater readiness. Let us stand with a greater determination and let us move on. In these powerful days, these days of challenge, to make America what it ought to be. We have an opportunity to make America a better nation. And I want to thank God once more for allowing me to be here with you. You know, several years ago, I was in New York City autographing the first book that I had written. And while sitting there autographing books, a demented black woman came up. The only question I heard from her was, are you Martin Luther King? And I was looking down writing and I said, yes. And the next minute I felt something beating on my chest. Before I knew it, I had been stabbed by this demented woman. I was rushed to Harlem Hospital it was a dark Saturday afternoon. And that blade had gone through and the x-rays revealed that the tip of the blade was on the edge of my aorta, the main artery. And once that's punctured, you're drowned in your own blood. That's the end of you. It came out in the New York Times the next morning that if I had merely sneezed, I would have died. Well, about four days later, they allowed me, after the operation, after my chest had been opened and the blade had been taken out, to move around in the wheelchair in the hospital. They allowed me to read some of the mail that came in, and from all over 
the states and the world kind letters came in. I read a few, but one of them I will never forget. I had received one from the president and the vice president. I've forgotten what those telegrams said. I'd received a visit and a letter from the governor of New York, but I've forgotten what that letter said. But there was another letter that came from a little girl, a young girl, who was a student at the White Plains High School. And I looked at that letter, and I'll never forget it. It said simply, Dear Dr. King, I am a ninth grade student at the White Plains High School. She said, while it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I read in the paper of your misfortune and of your suffering. And I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died. And I'm simply writing you to say that I'm so happy that you didn't sneeze. And I want to say tonight, I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream and taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been around here in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and ended segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962, the Negroes in Albany, Georgia, decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had sneezed, if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. Black people of Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation and brought into being the Civil Rights Bill. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama, to see the great movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me. Now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning, and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay. But we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked, and to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully. And we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis. And some began to say the threats. I talk about the threats that were out. Uh, what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. 
Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Oh my goodness. That is just amazing. Now, I don't know, uh, producer, did we have some problems there? Did, the, did we get cut off on the Facebook, on the speech, the whole thing, or just a little bit, or oh, just a little bit? So I uh, apologize there, and I don't know if we had the right version of that last speech where it showed him actually live seeing it, I mean, uh, saying it. At the end of the day, I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. I think we have a, a caller, though. Do we have a caller? Let her through. Is there a caller there? Hey there, this is Stephanie. Stephanie, how are you? Tell us, I don't know if you're watching this on Facebook or you're hearing us on the radio. Hopefully you're hearing us on KWWJ. Keep walking with Jesus with Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. But what does Dr. Martin Luther King mean to you? Oh, Gilbert, um, first of all, I just want to thank you for for uh, sharing those videos. I, I've heard those speeches many times, but each time I hear it, I'm moved Um just humbled at a at a whole different level. So thank you again for playing those. But you know, when I think about what Martin Luther King means to me, you know, I I was born in the '60s and sort of came of age in the '70s, and I, I grew up in Midland, Texas, and um, very conservative. You know, I can remember there was one theater in Midland called the Yucca Theater, and as a black child, we could not sit in the, in the general audience section. We always had to sit in the balcony. And, you know, we grew up that way, so we never really questioned it. So when I think about what Martin Luther King means to me, it's, it's just access, access to the same, just, just regular, everyday things that so many people take for granted. Um, I also, I attended a, a, a Texas Southern University here in Houston, uh, a local HBCU. And as a, uh, when I graduated, I uh, began working for uh, the government and I was a part of their affirmative action program. So, you know, if it hadn't been for all the things that Martin Luther King fought for, I doubt very seriously that I would have been able to work um, at the level that I was at the government. And also I'm a partner at a, a local firm here in Houston all of those things were made available just because of all the work that Martin Luther King and others in the generation before me did. So those speeches mean it's more than just a speech. It means so much to me to be able to celebrate the success that I have. And it's all because of all the hard work and the sacrifice of those that came before me. So that's what Martin Luther King means to me. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, it's interesting because when you don't know any better, like you mentioned in that theater where you were mm -hmm. forced to sit on the balcony part, they wanted you to think that was normal. Like that exactly. was okay. Exactly. And I'm glad Dr. Yeah. King stood up to say that's not okay and that's not normal. And amen to Dr. King. Amen for you to share that story. So thank you, and I hope you call in again. I know we have another caller, but before we go to that, I think that what's fascinating is I believe Dr. King was touched by God. I don't know. Producer, what do you think? Yes, uh, I think he was. I think he was touched that night. I think somehow he, he was told what was going to happen to him somehow because those words are too powerful when he talks about i've been to the mountaintop i've seen the promised land i might not get there with you and i'm not fearing any man it's just unbelievable uh i know we have another speaker there is miss Teresa brewer on the line yes this is she miss Teresa brewer from the uh, heritage society Again, putting on the great parade. I want to give you a minute or two here. Tell us about all the events going on at the parade here coming up next uh, Monday. Oh, glad to. Thank you for having 
having us as well. We are delighted and honored to be on the show just to let the great city of Houston know about the Martin Luther King um, Parade. It is a Black Heritage Society 44th annual original Martin Luther King Jr. Parade that's going to be held January the 17th, 2022. It's going to start at 10 a.m. And we're very excited about it. Uh, The city of Houston joins us in presenting this annual parade. So we invite all of Houston to come out. Our grand marshals, uh, our grand marshal for this parade is going to be Vanessa Welch. She is uh, uh, she is the director at, let's see here, sorry about that. She is the director at Johnson NASA Center, and so we're delighted to have her as our grand marshal. She's been working there since 1989, as well as uh, she she is the first black woman there. We also have our co-grand marshals, and we're delighted to have them. And they are Clark Cumming Jr., Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Hey, I heard of him. <laughs> and Al Kashani. So we're delighted to have you all as well. So we're just excited about the parade. We have many other, um, let's see, celebrities as well as... Uh, business owners and they're going to be in the parade so houston come out and see the spectacular parade we after the parade black heritage society will be hosting a martin luther king festival downtown at the uh at herman square park so again houston we're inviting you is no charge we will be having music performance friendly activities arts craft vendors food trucks you just come out and enjoy yourself. Uh, our MC for the uh, festival is uh, Louis J. M. Johnson. He he has a lineup of artists ready to entertain. So come out and see the uh, wonderful lineup, the artists, local artists here in Houston, Texas. Uh, we will have let's see face painting, fundal cakes. So bring the family. We would love to have you again. Thank you. Well, Miss Brewer, you know, you know what they say. Remember when I think it was that movie Jerry Maguire? They said you had me at hello, you had me at funnel cake, and so I really appreciate. It. I'm going to be there. Well, I'm going to be there because I'm one of the grand marshals, but I'm going to be there because I'm a funnel cake kind of guy. I can't wait to see all the entertainment. And what we're really there to celebrate is the incredible life of a man, a person who really is one of those pantheons of history. Yes. He's not just an American icon, an American hero. He's a world hero. You, know, you think of names like uh, Gandhi. You think of things like Mother Teresa, like Nelson Mandela, like Martin Luther King Jr., these people who dedicated their lives for a better world and a better uh, society for all. I mean, how incredible. So, Ms. Brewer, thank you. We'll see you there. What I'm going to do next week, Houston, is I'm going to find a way. We're going to be on location and try to do our show there on the parade float. Some way, somehow, I'm going to be doing something. So just stay tuned. Ms. Brewer, thank you for being on the show. And I'm going to cl- quickly go because I know we're running out of time already. I want to play the Robert F. Kennedy eulogy. I know there's a Matt on the line. I know there was another person. Uh, who was the other person? There was a Matt. And Brian on the line. Matt, Brian, please try to stay on. We'll try to get to you. If not, call again. But I want to get this eulogy from Robert F. Kennedy. Hit it, producer. And hopefully you can see it on Facebook. These are very dramatic, dramatic pictures. So the senator was talking to people in Indianapolis about what happened and they were so fearful that people would react violently and they warned him and he wrote his own notes he didn't even get a chance to get a a draft of the speech from his staff and so you can really say that he spoke from the heart it was on the back of a flatbed flatbed I have some very sad news for all of you And I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee.
Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible, you can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country in greater polarization black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort as Martin Luther King did to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand compassion and love for those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. A favorite poem, I, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, Even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own day despair, against our will, comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division, what we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will, and we will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people, and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land. With and what dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Thank you very much. What an incredible man also. And the most amazing thing is, shortly thereafter, I think 60 odd days or so, he too was assassinated. And so I think the lesson for all of us is, we have to follow the words of Dr. King. Let's love each other, let's work together, because we all want the same things. We all want a good life. We want better things for our children. And we want to live a better place, leave a better place for the world, for those after us. 
So I hope that you enjoyed this session. I know it's it's incredible feeling to hear those words and to see these pictures, but I think it's important to remember it. And that's what makes this day next Monday so special because it's beyond the parade, beyond those things. It's about remembering what Dr. King stood for and to talk to our children about it, to talk to our neighbors about it, to have that dialogue. And if we do that, we'll make a better place, a better Houston and a better world for all of us. Thank you for listening and thank you for being on the phone. And I know we had callers, Matt, Brian, we'll get to you next week. As they say, and Carol Burnett, I'm so glad we had this time together, uh, but we we, uh, ran out of time. So thank you, Houston. This is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer on KWWJ. Please enjoy this song here on Facebook. I don't know what segregation is. Uh, What is bigotry? I don't know what bigotry is. What does uh, hatred mean? I don't know what it is. Uh, what is uh, prejudice? Um, I think it's when somebody's sick. Guys are shot, boys. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Special bulletin. Dallas, Texas. The flash, apparently official. President John F. Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live. No one can be certain who next will suffer from some senseless act of bloodshed.
Like it or not, we live in times of danger and uncertainty. That is the way he lived. That is what he leaves us. My brother need not be idealized or enlarged in death beyond what he was in life. Be remembered simply as a good and decent man who saw wrong and tried to right it, saw suffering and tried to heal it, saw war and tried to stop it. Those of us who loved him and who take him to his rest today pray that what he was to us, what he wished for others, will someday come to pass for all the world. As he said many times in many parts of this nation, those he touched and who sought to touch him. Some men see things as they are and say why. I dream things that never were and say why not. Well, Facebook, I think that song says it all. Can't top that. So please, say something good to somebody today. Give somebody a hug out there. Give somebody a thank you out there, a teacher, a, 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 any, anyone that's been out there that's helping. Uh, give them a thank you because we're all in this together. So you're here with a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday at 11 to 11.45. I thank you for listening Next Monday, we'll be trying something uh, like we did in El Salvador, sort of on live, on location during the parade. So we'll see you then. Thank you, Houston. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832 570 8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.